Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. And today's Gospel of uh, Luke chapter 6. It's considered to be the called the golden rule. And so, if we put context around that, uh, the gospel lesson took place around the year 28 AD, very early in the Lord's ministry, where the crucifixion was about to take place several years later. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, we're called in the Sermon on the Mount. He's called that because he stood in the mountain and he taught uh, the multitudes. Shortly after, the Lord Christ took him to a level place. And that's why this is called the Sermon on the Plain. This sermon is very much like the Beatitudes and is called the Golden Rule. There's a golden rule in that, which is this. Is that the Lord commanded them. He said, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. In this regard, this is God's golden rule and the greatest of all commandments. And it comes as a derivative from the love, Lord, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, your neighbor as yourself. It is one of the greatest commandments that were received from the Lord Christ himself, and it reflect, reflects the Mosaic law. For example, in Deuteronomy and Leviticus, in the, in the Ten Commandments, the Rabbi Halil, which is the grandfather, uh, the father of uh, Gamaliel, which is considered one of the greatest Jewish uh, writers and teachers of the time until today, he says that the whole commandments of the Old Testament hangs on this golden rule. Everything else is commentary. So the golden rule is what? To love your neighbor as yourself. What's want to be done unto you, you do first unto them. And this is really the things that the Lord Christ, this is considered to be one of the most important commandments in the Bible. What then should we do to contain this golden rule? Well, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew and Gospel of Luke shed light onto this and it says, Love your enemies and do good those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute us. Again, there's, there's certain levels of it, right? So the first one is love your enemies. The second one is do not resist an evil person and turn the other cheek. Give to everyone who asks to borrow. If someone takes your things, do not ask for them back. So the second tier of the golden rule. The third tier of the golden rule. If someone uses for you or sues you for your cloak, give him also your tunic also. Because they used to have a cloak and a tunic and that's all they had. So it means what? If they give you if you want to take the cloak, they should give them everything to you as well. You have nothing to hold back. Go out of your way to help. If someone compels you to go a mile, go the extra mile. So here's the tears of the golden rule. Where did we see this? In the Old Testament, loving one's neighbor was commanded and having a grudge against anyone was forbidden. Holding grudges is forbidden in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18 specifically. There was no exceptions to this rule except with the Ammonites and Moabites who fought against the, the people of Israel. As a king and priest of the Holy Nation, you weren't allowed to hold grudges 
Israel was expected not only to pray for itself, but to pray for their enemies. And so loving your enemies is something exceptional that we need the Holy Spirit with. It's not easy to do. And that's why, again, in Luke chapter 6 says, But I say to you, to you to hear, love your enemies, do good those who hate you, and bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. Having full knowledge that you are being used. Having full knowledge that it is spiteful, yet still continuing in this golden rule. There's no out in this golden rule. It's either you're in or out. Either love everyone or you don't. Either stand with me or you're against me. You're either heaven or hell. There's no gray in Christianity. There's just no gray with us. And that's why even Christ on the cross, he exclaimed, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they, they do. Also, if we have examples in the Bible, we have some clear examples. Christ himself, we saw St. Stephen uh, pardoning and excusing those who were stoning him. And then we saw also Moses himself. So John Chrysostom talks about Moses and says, not only did he give up his life of nobility in Egyptian court, for he was the inherent son, the son that was taken from the water, and he could have stayed in, the, in Pharaoh's court, yet he lived, he, lived, he lived totally in the life of nobility, yet when he saw his brother being uh, abused and killed and hurt, he, he willingly stopped the life of nobility and went with the, uh, against the Egyptian people. He also defended those who were totally ungrateful, for the Jews were totally ungrateful to him, and they actually asked him, oh, you will stand judge against us. Yet Moses left everything. And also, St. Paul himself, in, in the courts of the Jewish nation, he was very high up, yet he left everything for the sake of Christ. And that's why loving your enemies and doing, those, doing good to those who hate you is a very important uh, factor in our spiritual life. Loving your enemies and doing those who are doing good to, to, to ourselves, not to them, is a very difficult thing to do. But just as athletes want to be trained against some resistance, so too we in our spiritual life, we need some resistance. And that's why there was a thorn in Paul's side. We need some resistance. The Lord very easily could have healed St. Paul, but he chose not to. This is forces for your eternal life, Paul. Someone who hates you or persecutes you is there for your own good. You need to understand that. It's not... It's not that God says, you know, I'm going to get you back. And this is, that's not the way we see it. When there's some resistance, then the athlete trains better. Yeah? Weights in the air. You have no weights. You can't train. Therefore, we need some resistance. Resistance training in, in athletics is very, very important. Therefore, love your enemy and do good unto them. I want to summarize this. Of course, it's attached to turn the other cheek. Give those who want fr from you. Uh, use your wealth and the Lord Christ changed that from tithing to, which is a commandment, to sharing your wealth with people impoverished. He converted um, the, the commandment of adultery versus even lusting with your own eye. So things became from a commandment to spirituality and to be under grace. And so if we continue, if somebody comes and hits you on the cheek, do not take it as an affront, but give witness to Christ to this commandment. 
you are pouring uh, not water onto oil because water will make it burn, but you are diffusing the situation. And I've seen this with my own eyes numerous times. You shall not take vengeance against any human being. If I wanted to reflect on this, there are certain things that the Lord commands us to do and not to do. And this is a very, very quick summary of what the Lord wants us to do practically in our lives. And so, very quickly, nine points on, and I'll just go through them, nine points on what God expects us to do with loving your enemies and doing good unto them. First thing is, is do not begin with injustice. This is the first point. Do not throw evil with evil. So do not start with injustice. Injustice means condemning your brother, having an opinion that is judgmental, being overly harsh, being overly critical. Do not begin with injustice. This is your first point. And whether you're right or not right is not part of relevant to that discussion. If, you're, if the person in front of you feels unjustly treated, then you have made a mistake spiritually. That's number one. Number two is, do not consider vindication or retaliation. That means turn the other cheek. Not analysis, or sometimes we sit with people who want to reconcile as if I'm a prosecutor putting a light on someone. You know what you see in the movies, you're putting a light on someone, but what you do this way, this, and a thousand questions. That's not your job. That's not your job. Well, what gave you the right to be judge and prosecutor at the same time. That's not your job in any way, shape, or form. So this analysis of other human beings' behavior is not your job. Sometimes we do that because I think I have a right. That right comes as a source of pride. If you read the early church fathers, if you think you have a right and you're benevolent, and you think you're benevolent, it comes from pride. So that's a problem in its own right. Number two, do not seek vindication. Number three, be quiet. The Lord says be quiet. In the context here is you don't need to go to court. You don't need to sit as an arbitrator between who's right and wrong. Number three, be quiet. Number four, give yourself up to suffer willingly. Self-explanatory. This is what the headlines are for loving your enemies. Number five, Give up yet more than the other who did wrong wishes. So if he wants your cloak, you give him what? Your tunic as well. If you need some help, you go the extra mile. Number six, do not ever hate your brother. But justify your brother. Number seven, even love, even love them. Number eight, the practical aspect, do good unto them. So not just forgive them and love them and associate with them, but find what they need and do good unto them. Number nine, entreat God on their behalf. Means what? Pray for them as you pray for yourself. So these are the nine components of loving your enemies and treating your brother as yourself. What you should not do is four things, <laughs> very quickly. So these are nine things you should do. Four things that you shouldn't do. Number one, love those who love us. Hang out with those who want to hang out with us. 
be your friend to those who want to befriend you. No, God says you receive no reward for that. For even the tax collector and the Pharisees do that. You receive nothing. There's nothing. You already got your reward. Your reward has already been received for how you feel and what you're doing. Do not always do good to those who you think will do good unto you. What does that mean? In the Hellenistic era, which was the time of Christ, so in the Greek, in Greek, the Hellenists, used to do this, and this is why it says the following not to do. Do not good to those who do good to you. Do not lend those who hope you want to receive back, and do not speak or greet others they expect to be greeted in the same manner. How, why? Because in the era of the Hellenist era, what there was another rule, another rule, but a secular rule, which was this, that when you want to give a present to someone, give it to someone that will give you equal present back. If you want to visit someone's house and you take gifts, visit someone of what? Of a higher stature. So why? When he comes to your house, what does he do? He gives it back. So the Lord says, no, no, no. In today's culture, not, not as like today's culture, he says, no, this is not right. He says, do not be like the Hellenists who give expecting what? Something back. And that's why he says, the four don'ts are, do not just love those who love us. Do not just do, do good to those who do good unto you. Do not lend to those who you send, think you receive back. And do not speak or greet only the brethren who speak well of you. So these are the four don'ts. Okay? The nine, again, very quickly, do not begin with injustice. Do not think you're vindicated by retaliating. Be quiet. I mean, do not go to court. Give yourself up to suffer wrongfully and willingly and blissfully and joyfully. Give up more than what was expected. Do not hate anyone. Even love your enemies, do good unto them, and entreat God on their behalf. And glory be to God for the woman. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.